0: For many people, there are areas of their lives that just don't look and feel the way they wish they did. The Next Generation Wellness podcast is dedicated to unpacking the physical, mental, emotional, and social stress triggers that stack together and make that experience so. Years of piling these triggers together often leave us feeling overwhelmed, anxious, irritable, depleted, or unhappy and operating from a place of self-doubt, comparison, procrastination, perfectionism or busyness. We uncover the science, research and stories of what it takes to live with whole life success, along with improved ways of thinking and the stackable skills and habits to make it stick. You have everything you need to get what you want. It's true, but when someone tells you that, when you keep hitting the wall or falling off the wagon or self-sabotaging or procrastinating, however you label your shortfalls, when someone says you have everything you need to get what you want. I don't know about you, but I don't like them very much. Or when someone tells me to set smart goals to get what I want. I start snoozing in the background, not because they don't work for small goals, they do. But because most of the big things in life we want, the big things that really bring fulfillment and joy and purpose and pride, those SMART goals, they don't weigh in. Because what we want in life is not just behavior driven. We are human and we are so much more complex than that. There's a lot more that comes into play to get what we want. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you why you really keep falling short on what you want. So get your pen and paper and get ready to uncover yours. I know it's possible to get what we want, but somewhere in the seeking of what we want, for me included, things get really complicated. And so I want to share with you what those things are that normally go wrong, because there's nothing wrong with you. So number one on the list is, we actually don't know what we want It is exceptionally rare that I ask the question with a new client, if I ask the question, what do you want in the area of, for example, health, weight, and appearance, it is very rare that I get a clearly articulated and motivating answer back of exactly what that area would look and feel like for them to be able to visualize it and have the emotive response around it to continue to do the behaviors that it takes to get it done. It's not very often that that happens. The other thing that sometimes happens in even defining what it is that we want is that we continue to over-identify with one area of wanting. So many of us spend a lifetime focusing on this one area of life that isn't quite right and yet there's loads of other areas of life that are great. But when we overfocus or focus solely on this one area and over-identify with that, what we do is we tend to live our life in this space of lack and fear, and there's more on that later (laughs) through these episodes, but when we're in this state of fear or lack, it does not take much to talk ourselves out of the hard things that need to be done to keep moving forward toward the thing that we want to change. So sometimes it's about questioning all the areas of life around parenting and home leadership, around intimacy and connection, around earnings and money management, leisure, fun and experiences, growth, learning, contribution, emotional and mental stability, meaningful work, health, weight and appearance. There are so many areas of life that stack together for us and sometimes we are just over-identifying with one that is not quite right. And living in that fear and that lack state will stop us, um, and I'll explain how, but it stops us moving toward that continually with the right supporting behaviours. But coming back to this, we don't even know what we want. The other thing that happens is we keep changing our minds. Let's take, I heard an example once about uh, someone, how your brain was a little bit like a waiter in a restaurant, that um, you're sitting there and the waiter comes over like your brain and says to you, what do you want? And you're looking at the menu, the menu of life. And you want a little bit of this and you want a little bit of that. So he says, okay, no worries. I'll go and get that for you. But as he walks away, you call him back. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. I can see what she's having. And I wouldn't mind a bit of that. And so you tell him actually, no, 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 go and get me this instead. So he walks off and then you think, oh, but you know what? I really like that. I like the sound of that. So you call him back again And tell him what you want again, and he goes on his way. And many of us, in our attempt to get what we want, are constantly changing our mind on what that looks like. And that constantly sends and interrupts the messaging for the brain to bring you the opportunities and the information as it's processing what is brought to it to give you what you want. So, the very first thing that gets in the way is not knowing what we want clearly, what we want all areas of life to look and feel like. And to keep on the same path rather than comparing and jumping sideways depending on how we feel in any current time or by looking at other people's things that they're doing. So ultimately this vision, how things want to look and feel for a lot of people is not clear and consistently visited. The second thing that gets in the way of us getting what we want is actually determining whether it's important to us. Most people are living life based on what they saw and heard to be valuable as a child without ever, ever, ever questioning whether it is valuable to them. And so, our society says, and for most of you out there, that's our society says that success goals are most important. Things like our education, our careers, what car we're driving, our house, how we look, how our family looks. And it doesn't tend to place value on things like those eulogy virtues, things like being someone that contributes, being someone that's compassionate, being someone that is well-connected to their family or to other people, someone that is kind, those virtues that people talk about you as a way to define you in your eulogy. So sometimes what we're shooting for, the things we want, are actually societal values, not our own. And unfortunately today, society has pretty crappy values around materialistic things, not around what actually will matter at the end of our life when we look back. But to bring us back to just a simple area and a simple example, let's say you were told, and society tells us this pretty often, that how you look is important, how your body looks is important. But you know what? what if you actually prefer and what you value and what you believe to be important is to contribute? And this was a true example for someone that I worked with, and they had tried everything to lose weight, every diet, every exercise regime, everything, and they kept falling short. But when we really looked at her values and what was important to her, it was about her family and it was about contribution. And so I tell you what, keeping the hard habits going when the most important things pop up and ask for help, when her family asked for help, or the work that she did that she contributed to, different, you know, made a different world. Um, when that those things asked for her attention, she would go there first because that was what was most valuable and most motivating, and what harnessed a real necessity for her to to achieve and to do difficult things. The weight loss bit, the going to the gym, that wasn't important for her. And so the second thing that we really need to look at is our values, clarifying our values, understanding whether they're important to us or they're actually just important to society or to what we saw as children. The third thing that gets in the way is that we actually do not know who we are Here's the truth. We are all recycled humans unless we've done some intentional work around uncovering who we really are. Most of us were put in a box from a really young age. We were labeled things like, she's shy, she's athletic, she's intelligent, or she's not, or he's unorganized, he's always late, he's forgetful. Um, we do it probably ourselves to, we do it ourselves to other people. Um, we only have to think if we're a parent, we only have to spend a second, maybe listening to ourselves to see how we label our children. But we as children were labeled too. And because of that labeling, we believed it to be true. We created a self-concept about ourselves for a whole lifetime. We believed who we are and what we're capable of to be true based on that labeling. We may have believed that You know, I'm not creative, or I'm not really a gym person. I'm not really into exercise. I'm not really a morning person. All of these little things, they shape our self concept, who we believe ourselves to be, and what we are capable of. And it continues to drive your behaviors and keep those key pattern behaviors in place. And they will keep you falling short. So if you're not clear on as an adult, what your personality type is, the look at your experiences from a logical place. If you haven't done work on your emotional needs, your stress triggers, your um, just your emotional patterns, your limiting behaviors, your supportive behaviors, your ambitions, all of those types of things and started to question what you've believed, then ultimately you are a boxed and labeled eight-year-old child in an adult body. And so this leads me to the next reason we fall short on what we want. Number 4. We act mostly in an automatic state. So what that adult child continues to believe about themselves and what they are capable of keeps them getting the same of what they already have. And this is why there is a part of the brain, and you can get more of this on my website looking at the 4Cs methodology, but there is a part of the brain that is human potentiality, and it's unlimited. And that's called the neocortex. It's where we can look at ourselves and determine what we want, step outside of ourselves, reflect on how we're showing up. It's our emotional intelligence, our social intelligence, our willpower, all of these things. It is so clever. And in that neocortex, there is an area of the brain called the prefrontal cortex. This is where we get what we use the part of the brain that we use to set our goals, set the things that we want. But the problem is that that neocortex is only in action about 5% of the time. So for the rest of the time, we're actually acting unconsciously using those child beliefs that we have. To determine what behaviors we adopt. So we're using our old patterns of behavior unconsciously 95% of the time. We're using our stored learned memories that we adopted as a child that support who we believe ourselves to be and what we are capable of. The other thing that happens around this is that our behaviors are our beliefs in action. And what I mean by that is, unconsciously, your brain works to bring you the information to act upon based on what you believe to be true. So, the brain gets hit by four billion bits of information every single second, and it just can process only a few thousand. And so, there's an area of the brain called the reticular activating system, and you would know it. You would know it if you ever fell pregnant and then you saw pregnant people everywhere, or you were thinking about having children and you saw pregnant people everywhere. If you were about to buy a car and you see that type of car everywhere, that reticular activating system is the thing that determines or filters all those billions of bits of information to give you the few thousand that are relevant to you. And the way that it determines what is relevant to you is based on what you believe to be true. So it will bring you the bits of information to support what you believe. That is why your behaviors are your beliefs in action. So if, for example, you don't believe, you're, you're this adult child who still believes that you're unorganized or that you're not a morning person or you're not really a gym person and yet you want to get healthy, then you start that process. But eventually what happens is the part of the brain called the anterior cingulate cortex, which detects conflicts between what you want intentionally, what that that neocortex part of the brain, that human potential part says That you can have, because you can have anything. But then the conflict is between what you intend using that part and what the unconscious belief is around who you are and what you believe yourself capable of. If there is a conflict that the anterior cingulate cortex picks up unconsciously without you knowing, then it will stop the messaging to the action centre of the brain that would normally keep occurring to give you what you want. And so it would stop the behaviours that you intended to adopt and continue with. So as an example, if I intended to lose weight, and I, that prefrontal cortex set about all of these things, actions it determined that I needed to take to get that thing that I wanted. But I heard and saw as a child that I wasn't actually very good at sport. Actually, I was a little bit overweight. Mum always said that I ate too much sugar. I watched my mum as she, um, and this is an example not relevant to to me and my mother, but perhaps I watched my mother talk about her body and being overweight and how she's always overweight. Maybe I saw that and maybe I had tried to lose weight a few times, but every time because perhaps I wasn't following the right education, I kept putting the weight back on. And so what happens is that little amygdala, this alarm center in the brain says, hang on a minute, there is a conflict. And that anterior cingulate cortex says, yes, there is. And so all those key behaviors that that neocortex says to you, that's what you need to get that goal. That messaging does not get through to the action center to do that. And so you stop. So there is brain conflict between how you want to behave and the beliefs that are held true by you. So let's recap for a minute. You must have a compelling vision for the future across all areas of life, not just one, not over identifying with one. And it must be consistent. You can't keep changing your mind. And so that vision must also align with your values, what you hold to be most important to you. You must also believe that you are worthy and capable of getting it, or at least and this for many of us is most likely what we need to do, is change those beliefs. They need to be uncovered and they need to be changed. And that is possible. And then there are just a couple of other things that get in the way of what we want. And they're pretty big too. And one of them is stress. So physically, mentally, emotionally, stress when it shows up and is caught by that alarm center, that amygdala in the brain, it speeds us up to go back to those automatic, pre-learned, memorised patterns of behaviour that we've held for a long time. So we go into autopilot fast. And so when we're in autopilot, we know we go back to our old behaviors, not to the change we seek. So the more stress you have in life, even if it's not real, even if it's worry about the future, even if it is more emotional than physical, or maybe it is physical, maybe there is stress around busyness and your role or your relationship, any type of stress will precipitate autopilot behaviors and send you out of the behaviors that are likely to support what you want and you will fall short. And then the last thing that gets in the way, or the most common last thing that gets in the way for most people, is that the education they are adopting is either missing some important things. And I see this often with people coming around food um, and they say that they eat fairly well. But when I actually look at what's in their diet, they're still on an old school calorie restriction diet or they're following some particular thing and, and then elements of their nutritional profile are missing. Or there might be misguided information. It might be just based on what worked for somebody else. And when we look at our own life and our own experiences, it doesn't relate. It is going to be unsustainable and doesn't fit for us. Or it could be that we just, the education that is there is just really one-dimensional And so it's not looking at the big picture of you as a human being and how all those parts fit together. So I hope that that has shone a light on a few things getting in the way. I hope that you realize that there's nothing wrong with you. There are just some gaps, some unhelpful wiring and confusion. And the best part is that in the next episode, I will share with you how to begin the process of changing those things that may be making your life experience feel far from what you want it to feel. I'm Erin Barnes and I hope this brings a little more vibrancy, ambition, possibility and wellness to your week. And if it does, I would be so very grateful if you would contribute your precious time to review the Next Generation Wellness Podcast. And if you're keen to get started on some of these things we've talked about, I've got a freebie for you sitting over in the show notes. I invite you over there too.